to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. We're good to see each of you. Thank you for being here this morning. I want to welcome those of you that are joining us online. Uh, we have a very faithful, faithful church that joins us each week online. So I want to thank you for being a part of the church this morning. So here's how I want to roll the next couple of weeks. So I've got today and next week, and then I've got to take a little break on June 5th because Vacation Bible School, it's kind of a a VBS kickoff, and then I'll come back in on the 12th of June. But this is a three-part little series right here. And hmm, I just want you to know something. This This little nugget, and I know it's in the middle of Memorial Day weekend. I pray that if you are gone next week, you still tune in. Don't miss any of this. Um, We're talking about in Genesis, and I'm gonna read it in just a second. There are two trees. They are distinct in difference, okay? They are distinctly different trees, okay? And... I want you to understand that these trees that we're going to look at, they are very prominent in our lives every single day. They're not just a text that was in Genesis and we read about it and it has no effect on us anymore at all. It affects everything we do every day and how we do it. And what I wanna do is I wanna help you see these trees for what they represent and what they are, okay? So in doing that, I want you to first go to Genesis chapter two. If you have your Bible, these will be very familiar with you, to you, but I want you to see them right off the bat. Genesis chapter two, I want to begin in verse eight. I'm gonna read eight and nine, and then in 11, I mean, uh, eight, eight through Uh, nine, and then I wanna look at 16 and 17, all right? Genesis chapter two, verse eight. Now the Lord God had planted in the garden in the east, in Eden, and there was put, he put man and he formed. And the Lord made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. But in the middle of the garden, were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good, of good and evil. Then look down at 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Now next week, I'm gonna unpack that a lot more. Okay, because that is not a physical death necessarily, it is a spiritual death. Okay, but I want to look at that because these trees that we see, they come into the house of worship 
every single week. They walked in today, okay? You have the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then you have the tree of life. They're two distinct trees. They are lived out of two distinct differently. They're not even the same in any way. In the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that tree is a tree of bondage. It is a tree of bondage. The tree of life is a tree of freedom. And there's a choice on how we live our life from what tree we live it from. The deal is, are you living from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Are you living from a tree of life? The question is, which swing, which tree has your swing? Amen. Which tree are you living from? Because the tree of knowledge of good and evil is a tree of bondage. It is. It's a tree of works. It's a tree of religion, all right? The tree of life is a, a tree of, of freedom. It's a tree that God wants you to live out of, okay? Because once the Spirit sets you free, you are free indeed, amen? If you've been set free by Jesus, you are free indeed. Many people... They don't understand the trees necessarily, so they don't, know, they don't know what to do with them. And they think they're living out of one tree, but they're really living out of another tree. And I want to help you understand that these trees are every single day of your life, you're living and making choices out of them. The choice is, which tree are you living out of? Which tree are you living out of? I want you to go over in James. I want you to go over the book of James. Look at verses seven and eight. James, seven, James four, seven and eight. James four, seven and eight. Very familiar passage. James four, seven. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse eight. Come near to God and he will come near to you. I want to say that again. Come near to God, and He will come near to you. When I read that, for some of us in the room, that brought a lot of peace. That felt good. But for some of us in the room, it didn't feel too good. It didn't feel good. When we think about that, come near to God and he will come near to you. For some, it felt good. Feels good to come to God. For some, it didn't feel good because our view of God is is a little messed up. There's a lot of guys in the house. Let me ask you this, guys. You ever had one of your kids say, Daddy, Daddy, can we get a kitten? Most guys don't like cats. Is that true? (laughs) Your kids come to you and say they want a cat. You're like, ugh, cat, cat, all right? Let's just say that you have a cat, all right? And you know you're not a cat person. And the cat knows you're not a cat person. 
Amen? And when you come home in your big old truck, you drive down the driveway and you give those tailpipes just a little bit of love to remind that cat who's home. And when you leave in the morning, you remind that cat who's leaving. And everybody's so excited when dad comes home but the cat. Because the kids run the dad and the cat runs the opposite way. Can I say something to you? As some of us in the room, when we read that scripture, we feel like the cat. God's home. I don't want no, no. No, I don't want none of that. Come near to God and he'll come near. No, 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 no. God don't want to come near me. I don't want God to come near me. Because we feel like God's gonna beat on us and pound us and judge us and be hard on us. And our view of who God is is warped, it's messed up. It doesn't make any sense. Instead of that scripture feeling so good and warm and, and, and inviting to us, for some of us, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel that way. Let me ask you a series of questions. What is, what is my approach to God? How do I approach God? Just you personally. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What's that look like? For some of us, that's hard, man. Because in the tree of knowledge of good and evil, hmm, that's a prove myself every day kind of tree. That's a works tree, very religious tree, never good enough tree. How do I see God? When you see God in your mind, what, what does God look like to you? How do you picture God? You ever been to Washington, D.C.? Bunch of you have. You go to Washington, D.C., which is a beautiful place. I love it because of the history of our country. Our history of our country is rich. They try to rewrite it. I'm sorry. History can't be, re it can't be rewritten. It is what it is. Our country is rich in history. It's beautiful. But at Washington, D.C., you can take a tour of our country and its history and see all kinds of things. One of the things you get to see in Washington, D.C. is the Lincoln Memorial. Some of you have been there. There's an enormously large statue, bronze, I believe, uh, of, of Abraham Lincoln, and he's sitting out front. And it's intimidating when you walk up those steps. It's big, man. He sits inside there. It's huge. And he's sitting there, and he's got his legs. He's sitting down, and his hands are on his, his thighs or his knees. And he's got this really stern, hard look on his face. And it's serious, and it's very intimidating. And you walk up to it, and, it, and it's not... You don't want to just hug it necessarily because it doesn't look very approachable. It almost looks not real because it's not real. Amen? And so you look at it and you think of all the things you know and have learned and taught, were taught about Abraham Lincoln. And some of that you love and some of that you may not love and some of that you may agree with and some may not agree with. 
But all this stuff floods to you. And I think sometimes for us, we grow up and we have this image and picture of who God is. And for some, he looks big and intimidating and hard and calloused and he doesn't smile and he's serious and he's got a brow. And if we mess up, he's gonna stand up off that chair and beat us. And that's how we look at him. That's how we approach him. And our face and our body and our demeanor shows that. And what happens is our worship begins to reflect that. And can I tell you something? For some of us, we need a really, really good <laughs> bath in Dawn's soap. It just only takes the grease out, but it takes bad junk out. We gotta wash our minds and eyes and life of some of the messed up views of what God is and who God is because it is jacking us up. And some of us have seen stuff and heard stuff and witnessed stuff, and you're like, man, that's not God. And some of us, it's still stuck on us. I believe that there's a lot of adults today that are stuck in some religious junk that got on us somewhere in our childhood or high school or college or young adults, and we can't shake it. And we, it got on us, and that's how we view God. That's the lens in which we see God. And when you read a scripture like, come near to God, he'll come near to you, you're like, whoa, nah, mm -mm. I'm gonna come this far. I ain't coming all the way. Because you saw stuff and it messed you up. I'm very proud of how I grew up. My Baptist roots, they're thick. I love the Baptist church. I love the word that the Baptist preaches. But I saw stuff that, it stuck on me. I mean, when I was a kid, my, there were three children, and my, my mom and dad, and they would get us all ready, and boy, you had to put your Sunday best on. Everybody got your Sunday best on? And my dad would slick our hair over. I mean, slick it. I'm like, gosh, not gonna be any left. See what happens? And so, <laughs> just, we just slick us up, boy. And then, I remember we had a sitting order. You ever have your kids in a sitting order in church? Hmm, all right, we have a sitting order. And I was in the middle, even though I was, on the, I was the oldest of the children. And Brett, Brian was on one side, and my sister Jana was on the other side, and then my mom, and then my dad. And, and that's how we sat. And here's, a, here's what we got. Every Sunday, pull up in church parking lot. Listen to me, kids. You know, sit up tall. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't move. Don't talk. Sounds exciting. Let's go to church. And so we went to church, and that's how we acted. And my brother would always mess with me. He's poking me. And I'm like, I ain't taking that bait. I know what happens to catfish that take bait. They get fried up and ketchup. And they get eaten. I ain't taking that bait. He just poke, poke, poke. He poked me like 27, 30 times. And finally, I had enough. I hit him one time. My mom misses 30 pokes, but sees my hit every time. Every time. I told you not to hit your brother. I'm like, he hit me 30 times. You didn't see any of that. And that's where I remember. I remember pipe organs. You got a pipe organ at your church? Ain't nothing more intimidating than a pipe organ. Look like a, vi like a Viking, Viking ship, like a, like a grenade coming out of the side of a ship. And I used to think as a kid that those things right there is what they shoot the kids with that move in church. <laughs> and I'm like, I ain't moving. No, I ain't moving. I'm gonna sit up tall, I'm gonna straight I'm not gonna sit in because I don't want that cannon to shoot me. Boom, but it hit me in the chest and knocked me out. That's what I used to think. And then I remember a big old chandelier right in the middle of the church. 
That thing drop out of the ceiling and fall, it killed 26 people just like that, man. I'm like, there ain't no way they could pay me to sit under that. No way. I'd rather be blind, can't see, than, than sit under the chandelier. That thing's huge. There's a lot of things that stuck. I remember deacons that pray the same prayer every time for the offering. Bless the gift and the giver. I'm like, you got another line? Just something different. Just mix it up. Pray for the cowboys or something. I don't know. Just say something different, all right? And, and, and I just remember stuff like that. And so this kind of stuff just sticks with you because sometimes what we see in church and experience in church gets on us and it can't, and, and we take that in to who we are in Christ. We can't get past it sometimes because not everything you see in church is, is of God. It's just not. As I told you, we grew up in that church. My dad was a deacon in the church for 21 years. And he had us in church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Man, we ate the meal, chicken fried steak, mashed potato, green beans, salad, sweet tea, all the good stuff, you know? And, and that's tough to say right before lunch, I'm sorry. But, but I just knew the drill. And my dad went through a really difficult time later in life. My parents divorced and he got in trouble and he got busted and spent some time in, 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 in jail. And I remember when I got the phone call about that, I, I knew a pastor friend that would go visit him. And so I called this pastor friend of mine. I was already in the ministry at that time. And he went and visited my dad. And long story short, over a, a series of visits with my dad in, in, in jail, my dad got, on the, got out of his you know, concrete little bed they give him, got on that concrete floor and got on his knees. And for the first time in his life at 48 years old, prayed to receive Christ and was born again. And it changed my dad just like that. And I remember my dad, he said, I feel like I'm supposed to go back to the church and tell the pastor what took place in my life, and, and I wanted to talk to the deacons. And I kid you not, I said, Dad, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> so my dad does just that. And I promise you as I'm standing here, that pastor stood up and said, People like you have no place here. And he called the security and they escorted him off the property. And I want you to know something. <laughs> that is not God. And that stuff will stick on you, man, and it'll mess you up. You can pour your milk on your Rice Krispies. They won't pop if you got that stuff in your life. You know what I mean? That'll mess you up. That's not God. And I'm in the ministry. I'm doing ministry. God's call in my life was being fulfilled. And you're telling me that's what church does to people? I don't think so. That's not, I don't want no part of that. That stuff right there is what gets on people's crawl and they can't get it out. And I'm gonna tell you something. That's not God. That's not God. And if you've seen stuff in church, experienced stuff in church or anything like that and, and that stuff got on you and it's still on you and it's still in you and it messes with you, can I, can I ask you to do something in the name of Jesus? Please, for the love of Jesus, wash that stuff off. Get that out of your life as quick as possible because that stuff's gonna grow weeds and it'll choke you out. And everything God wants to do in your life is gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna choke it out. Many people today are still walking from church to church in that stuff. 
And if you need to get some stuff off you that religion did to you, you gotta do that. The Lincoln Memorial is a picture of Abraham Lincoln. Sometimes the picture of what we see God like is looks like that. But the scripture tells us that in the presence, in his presence is the fullness of joy. In God's presence is the fullness of joy. That does not sound like a God ready to pound on you for everything you do wrong. It doesn't sound like a God that does the kind of stuff through the church to other people. Church, unfortunately, has hurt a lot of people. Religion, unfortunately, has hurt a lot of people, okay? And I apologize on its behalf as a senior pastor, but I'm telling you, that's not God. That's not the God of this Bible. The God of this Bible is not that. He doesn't beat on people. He doesn't pound on people. He says, in my presence is fullness of joy. He says also realizing that God's kindness is what leads people to repentance. It's not God beating on them that leads to repentance. It's his kindness that leads to repentance. Sometimes in life, we think God's hard. God's not hard. God's a loving, generous, wonderful God. And he wants nothing more than to set people free. Religion, as I've told you before, is man's attempt to get to God. That's all it is. Religion is just man's attempt to get to God. Relationship, on the other hand, is God's attempt to get to man. And that's what he came for. That's what he wants. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil is simply what? It's a tree of religion. It's different rituals and, and acts and things you do to try to get to God, get, get God to love you more. You can't do things to get God to love you more. He's crazy about you already, already crazy about you. He's not wanting you to be religious. He's wanting a relationship with you. Coming to church is not gonna make you more like Jesus necessarily, my friend, but getting with Jesus every day will make you more like Jesus. He's all about relationship. So I wanna give you three distinct differences of these trees real quick. We'll go into more in depth in the future, uh, next week as well. The tree of knowledge of good and evil says this, do more to get to God. Do more to get to God. Just keep doing more to get to God. Just do more, get to God. If you do more, God will love you. If you do this, God will love you. The tree of life says this, receive the fact that Jesus has already done it all. He's already done it. John 5, 39 and 40, you diligently study the scripture because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus said, listen, you know this all you want, but just because you know this doesn't mean I know you. He says, I know my sheep, my sheep know me. You can know all about Jesus to make 100 on the quiz, but you're still spending eternity in hell if you don't know him as your personal Savior and Lord. If you're not born again, man, if there's not been a time in your life, you were blind, but now you see. You were dead, but now you're raised to walk a new life. If there's not been a time like that, I don't care how much time you spend in the Word. You can memorize Scripture all day long. You can try to impress people with all these Scripture. You can do Bible studies on Revelation. That don't mean anything. The bottom line is, when Revelation really happens, will he come with you? Will he send you away? Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to get the church, the bride. He's coming back to get those who are born again. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth, and no one comes to the Father except through me. 
There is no other way. You cannot do enough good things to get to heaven. You can't. I mean, think about this for a second. Most of us in here drove here. So if you drove here, I'm gonna trust that you can operate a 3,500-pound vehicle. You understand this. If you could do it, if you could do enough, all right, good things to get to heaven, then why in the world did Jesus go through all that he did on Calvary on that cross? He could have skipped the cross if we could have done it, amen? But so he didn't skip the cross, meaning he did and died in our place because we could not. And him taking our place set us free. And the tree of knowledge says, oh, don't worry, you just run, run, run on that little hamster wheel and you'll finally get there. Ask that hamster if he ever got there. He didn't get there. He's still running, or he's dead. He just croaked. He's laying down there in the shavings. He, it ain't gonna work. People try all the time to do good things to get to God. God said, listen to me. It's not about good things, so no man will boast. It's a free gift from me, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Jesus said, listen, the tree of life is what you live from. Realize that you can't do enough, man. Jesus has already done it. He set you free through that. Second is this. Tree of life says this. You keep on trying to get God's approval. You keep on trying to get God's approval. The tree of life says this, receive the fact that he already loves you. You ever hear people say this? You gotta clean yourself up and come to God. No, won't you come to God and he'll clean you up. Don't clean yourself up. You come to him just like you are. The woman at the well, she had no time to clean herself up. She had no time to go reapply her makeup. I check her lipstick. She had no time for that. The blind man, what's he gonna check? He can't see. He can't go look good. He don't know what he looks like. You come to Jesus just like you are. How many of you came to Jesus right in the middle of your mess and he found you there and saved you? Bunch of you. Meet you right where you are, man. Meet you right in your mess and change you. Don't worry about trying to win his approval. If you're trying to win God's approval, you don't understand the free gift of salvation and that he loves you just like you are. He loves you just like you are. The tree of knowledge of good and evil will continue to try to prove God. You try to get God's approval, right? I mean, you've heard this. I asked my parents one time, why do I have to be so good in church? God's in church. He's looking at you. Okay. I'm like, is he looking at me when I'm playing ball? Is he... I mean, it's like only God's in church. It's like this big baritone voice. And if you move or act up a wig or anything, God's going, stop. Me mean, scare you to death. And we even make movies about God's voice being all baritone and mean. No wonder people run from God. You feel like you're a kitten when dad comes home with the big tailpipes. He's out of there, all right? That's not our God. How can that be the fullness of joy in his presence? How can that be kindness that leads to repentance? They ain't running from him. They're running to him. Don't try to do things to get God's approval. Just come just like you are. He loves you. Romans 5, 8 reminds us that God demonstrates his own love to us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. While we were still a mess, he died for us. Last thing is this, tree of knowledge of good and evil. That tree says this, obey out of duty. The tree of life says this, 
obey out of delight. Where are you today? Are you obeying out of duty? Well, we got to go to church. Mom wants us to go to church. Come on, kids. We have to tithe because God says tithe. Please don't. If that's the heart, don't do it. We got to do this or God will get us. I got to do this or God will beat me up. I got to do this. I mean, don't have a life like that. That's not your God. We obey and we say yes to what he asks us to do out of delight because we cannot in any way repay him for what he did for us. It is an absolute joy to come to church. We get to come to church. We get to serve. We get to worship. We get to obey. We get to invest in the kingdom for the sake of the kingdom, to watch the kingdom grow. We give because it's a delight to give. Why? Because we could never repay him for all that he's given to us. We are rich people in Christ. You can't get any richer. And giving is just an overflow of the goodness he's been in your life. The tree of knowledge of good and evil says, oh, man, you got to obey. It's out of duty. You think, you think Calvary was easy? Man, that's, a, that's terrible. He says you obey out of delight. You want your kids, children, to obey out of duty or you want them to obey out of delight? Yeah, they'll obey out of duty as long as they're in your sight. But pity the fool when they're out of your sight. They ain't going to obey let them obey out of delight. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. Mm, simple as that. Many of us in the room have got to understand that some of the things we've seen in church, in religion, and that was called God is not God. We need a good washing of our eyes and ears of all the stuff that we've seen that you know is not God. Some of that stuff stuck on you and still has an impact on you. James 4, 8 says this, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. If you're here today and when you hear those words again, they don't feel good. They don't settle good. I wanna say something to you. Whatever it is, whatever you experienced that made that feel that way to you, this house is a safe house. There is freedom in this house. You need to come to this altar and lay that junk down. You don't walk out of here with that again. No more will you carry that. I've seen stuff in my own personal life and I was like, whoo, I gotta wash that. That's not God. And if you don't wash it, the enemy will use it. We sing about it, right? What he means, what he, he'll use that to kill and steal and destroy you. But God will turn that sucker around on him, all right? I'm gonna invite you to stand, church. Worship team's gonna come out. If you're on the ministry team, I invite you to come as well. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. What's that do for you?
to make you want to draw near or draw away. If you're walking, if you're walking out of the tree of life, out of freedom, that feels good. There's peace there. If you're walking out of a tree of knowledge of good and evil, you're in bondage. You see God in a bad light, see God in a weird way. You see him as a judge. You see him as hard. You see him as critical. You see him as somebody that's always just gonna get onto you every time you mess up. Then that's a hard word for you right there. And you don't wanna come near him. That keeps you, ooh, that keeps you from experiencing all that he has for you. You're robbing yourself. He's stealing you when you do that. So I'm gonna ask you as a church, as an individual, if that's you today, if there's junk in your past, if there's religious junk in your past, there's hurts in your past, and you called them God, and now that keeps you from God, during this time of invitation, I pray in the name of Jesus that you lay that junk down and quit carrying that stuff. Yeah, they did that. They shouldn't have done that. You saw that. You shouldn't have seen that. Yeah, they called that God, but that wasn't God. Whatever it is, set yourself free and lay that junk down. If you're here today and you've been trying to win God's approval and now you just wanna accept his love and be born again, you come today. This is a, this is a safe house. This is a house of life. Will you choose life today? Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for speaking today. And may your Holy Spirit, may you, Holy Spirit, draw your people today. God, I pray for anybody to sound up my voice, either online or in the house, that doesn't have a relationship with you, the one true God, the living God, the life-giving God, that they would come today and be born again. They've tried church and it didn't work. Church isn't what you try, Jesus is. God, I pray today that if someone has a warped, messed up view of who God is, God, that they wash that mind today, cleanse their eyes today, and restore that joy today. Lord, we love you. Move us now as we worship in Christ's name. Amen, amen. If you need to come church, you come. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.